0: Morning, Adventure Family. How's everybody doing? Did you uh, brave the snowstorm? Is it still snowing? Wow, interesting. March. Well, I am so happy to see you. I'm so glad that those of you who are joining us online are able to do so. And this morning, I have a really precious message for you from Jesus. Anybody happy about that? Want to hear from Jesus? Can't go wrong when you hear from Jesus, right? Um. I was supposed to co-teach with someone else, uh, but unfortunately he is sick, so there's a lot of people that are sick, but we are going to forge into this message of grace and forgiveness and compassion and mercy and the love of Jesus. So yeah, it sounds good, right? So if you could join me in Luke chapter 7, starting with verse 36. Luke 7, starting with verse 36. I'm just going to read it through, um, and then we'll go and kind of break it all down. So, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home, and he sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. "'Go ahead, teacher,' Simon replied. "'Then Jesus told him this story. "'A man loaned money to two people, "'500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, "'but neither of them could repay him. "'So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. "'Who do you suppose loved him more after that?' "'Simon answered, "Uh, "'I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt.' That's right, said Jesus. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she's washed, her, washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. But she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, even though they're many, have been forgiven. So she's shown me much love. But a person who's forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, Who is this man? He goes around forgiving sins. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Good stuff, huh? There is so much involved in this. Uh, a famous preacher, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, I think it was, um, he preached three messages just On these verses, because he found so much to talk about, so I decided I'm going to do three messages today. So we're not going to get out of here till like two (laughs) thirty. Just kidding, just kidding. That was a joke. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about this Pharisee. So there's a Pharisee. His name is Simon, and it says here, it says. He asked Jesus to have dinner with him. Now, there's a lot of speculation on why would a Pharisee, who is a religious leader and who um, Jesus has kind of been dissing on these guys for a while. And so why in the world would a Pharisee want to have Jesus into his home? Well, number one, he might have wanted to just have a famous guy come to his house because Jesus was getting pretty famous. It said he had huge crowds that were following. So, I mean, it might have been a little bit of that. Or it might have been that the that this guy was like, I'm going to check him out. I'm going to see what kind of things he's teaching. Or he could have wanted to catch him in some kind of false teaching or something. So there's a number of reasons why he might have had him there. He might have just been curious about who Jesus was. Or he might have actually even been hungry to come to know the truth. So we don't really know why he invited him in, but... Nonetheless, he did invite him in. And so it says here, Jesus went to his home and he sat down to eat, which seems like a pretty normal thing, right? You invite somebody to come to your house, they come in and they sit down to eat. Except that there's no mention here of the traditions and the and the rituals that they usually performed when someone would come to your home. As Jesus referenced later, remember he, he said, um, you know, he talked about washing the feet. So typically what would have, happen when you'd invite somebody to come for dinner, when they would come to your house, because, you know, they wear sandals, so it's a pretty dusty, pretty dirty place, and they, were, they would remove their sandals, and then you would either provide them with a wash basin to wash their own feet, or you would get one of your servants to wash their feet, if you could afford to have servants. So Simon didn't do that. The second thing is you would usually typically kiss the person who came in. You would kiss them probably on both cheeks. How many are so glad we don't do that anymore? (laughs) All the people are like, yeah, personal space. Um, And so they would do that. Simon didn't do that. And then the last thing is, typically in those days, what they would do is they would give them olive oil on their head. Um, this, was, this was known for a number of reasons. It was medicinal, it was cleansing, it was refreshing, and also it would make their hair look better. So that was a good thing. Olive oil can still make your hair look better, I guess. So, um, But Simon didn't do any of these rituals. He just kind of, Jesus kind of came in, and who knows why, Simon didn't do these things, but he didn't. And it says, then when a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there. Okay, let's talk about this. She is an immoral woman. What this probably means is she's probably a hooker. It's true. Yeah, she probably gets paid for certain things. And she busts into this party, which seems really weird, right? I mean, let's imagine you're having a dinner party and all of a sudden this uh, woman of the night comes busting in, right? You'd be like, what? Especially if you're a religious leader, kind of makes you wonder, hey, how'd she know her way in there? You know, you got to question Simon, but anyway, but back in those days, what they would typically do is so they'd have like they'd have these dinners out in like a courtyard outside of their home and they would they would feed the guests, but then other people were allowed to just kind of come in and just kind of sit there and listen. So they would have so they would have like the guests reclining at the table and then there would be room in between the wall and and their feet so that people could come and just kind of sit down and listen. It's kind of like their version of inviting people to come to your home theater, you know, to watch UFC or whatever it is you watch on your home theater. And so it was kind of like their form of entertainment because they obviously, you know, they had a lot of dialogues and that kind of thing. So it wasn't really that unusual that this woman came in except for the fact that she kind of made a quite a quite an entrance and quite a statement, and you can tell from the story here, Simon's pretty ticked off. He is not having it. So it says, a certain immoral woman from that city heard that he was eating there. So she's heard about Jesus. Whether she's actually heard him teach, whether she's actually received his forgiveness, or whether she just knows about him, she shows up at this dinner party, and she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. All right, now an alabaster jar, you know, we, we read through these things, don't we? And we just kind of go, okay, she brought an alabaster jar. This was a big deal. An alabaster jar in those times was worth probably a year's wages. So think about that. So if the average income in America is $54,000 a year, some of you are really happy about that, some of you are really upset, $54,000 For one jar of perfume, she brings this in and pours it out all over his feet. Because once you break this alabaster jar, then the, the perfume would basically be worthless. So she dumps the whole thing out on his feet. And to me, this is symbolic of this woman was so grateful for the forgiveness that Jesus offered her that she wanted to give him everything. And Timothy Keller says that true life-transforming love always involves sacrifice. And that's, I think, what this woman, she understands the forgiveness, and she's understanding and grasping the grace of God. And she's like, I want to give him everything. I want to give him all that I have, everything that's valuable to me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? And it was this fragrant perfume. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Clinique Happy or something. This was like a legit, expensive ointment, oil. And then it says, she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Can I have a volunteer, Ryan? He raised his hand. He's volunteering. Oh, he did not raise his hand. Would you like to be my volunteer? You want to be Jesus? By the way, again, when we read this story, please don't read yourself as the hero of the story. Okay, open your heart up and let the Holy Spirit come in and maybe transform you. That's the whole point. That's the reason. So when you read this story, you can either read yourself as Simon the Pharisee or as this immoral woman, but not as Jesus, okay? Except for Noah. He gets to be Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Noah. Okay, so I'm going to kind of give you a visual representation of kind of what it was like when they would go there. So you take this pillow and then you lay down with your feet like right here. So rest the other way yeah because they would they would recline and rest on their left elbow to keep their right hand free so that they could sit and eat, so kind of lean on your like that isn't this the way to eat? <laughs> see he gets it he 's done this before okay, so so if you see here it says it says that um, she. A lot of the, you know, the Christian movies, they don't show it this way. They show the guys sitting at the table, first of all, which was not how they did it. They did it like this. You'd invite people to come to your dinner party and they would recline. Like, actually, not like a recliner, like that, but this kind of reclining. And then the people would be sitting. So this immoral woman was probably sitting behind Jesus. I mean, she obviously figured out where he was. And and it says that she she was kneeling behind him. So Jesus is chilling with these guys. He's eating and they're hanging out and talking. And she comes up. And she's an opportunist in a good way. But she takes this alabaster jar and she breaks it. And she dumps it out on his feet. And I'm not going to kiss your feet, sorry. (laughs) But she's literally, I mean, she's weeping so much that it's actually cleaning the dust off of his feet. And she's just kissing his feet and she's crying. She's weeping. And she's so grateful that he has forgiven her. And she's a, a bad character. I mean, she has a reputation for being immoral. And here she is. She's, she's washing. And she, she doesn't even really know what the protocol is because she, it says that she was wiping the tears with her hair. And in in that time, women could only wear their hair up. The only time they would let their hair down was when they were alone with their husband. And so here this woman, she's weeping and and then she's drying the tears. That's a lot of tears. And she's drying them with her hair. And she's pouring out this expensive $54,000 perfume on Jesus' feet and kissing his feet repeatedly. Think about this picture because Jesus is the holiest being on the planet and she's probably one of the least holy and she is pouring out her gratitude on him. Isn't that a beautiful picture? She gets it She understands the grace. She understands the forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Can you thank Noah for his sacrifice? (laughs) Sorry, film crew. So, think about this now this immoral woman. Now, contrast that. She kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on him. Okay, now here, enter Simon. It says, when the Pharisee who'd invited Jesus saw this, get this now, he said to himself, okay, he's just mumbling to himself, whoa, this guy, if he actually knew she's a sinner. He's saying this to himself this man were a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. This is what he's saying to himself, right? And now think about this. Jesus is this teacher. He is he's Jewish, so he is considered clean. She is considered unclean. And yet, he openly allows her to just kiss him and touch him and wipe his feet with her hair. And and he is allowing an unclean person to touch him. So, this Pharisee is so offended by this. And so, he says to himself, Oh, he can't possibly be a prophet. So, maybe the reason he had Jesus there was because he wanted to prove him wrong. But he's saying, This woman's a sinner. He's no prophet. He'd be able to tell that. He's thinking this to himself. Now, I just want to point out before, can we all agree Simon's the worst? Yes? What are you thinking about Simon? You thinking, wow, I really want to go to dinner party at Simon's? Or what are you thinking? Simon's a jerk, right? Simon's the worst. And here he is judging this woman, right? Am I right? You guys with me? Okay, guess what? We are all like Simon, okay? Burn, I just burned you, but we are, aren't we? We see somebody homeless, and what's our first thought? Oh, I wonder what they did. How did they end up in that situation? They probably made a lot of stupid choices, right? Or we see somebody who's down in their luck, or we see somebody who's addicted, and we judge them, don't we? instead of assuming the best. And and even this woman, let's talk about the immoral woman. Why is she an immoral woman? Why is she a sinner? What happened to her? You know, before we start going all Simon on people, we need to understand maybe there was some trauma in her life. Like maybe she was abused as a kid. Or maybe her husband divorced her and now she's on her own and she doesn't know how to make money any other way. Or maybe she was violated and has such low self-esteem that she thinks this is all she's good for. But see, Simon decides he's going to judge her. He's going to decide she's a sinner. But as he's judging her, what is Simon doing? Anybody? You guys don't want to get burned again, do you? <laughs> Simon is sinning because he's judging her. He's condemning her in his own mind. In classic Jesus, Jesus comes back, and I love this. Okay, remember, it says that he, he's thinking this to himself, and then Jesus answered his thoughts. <laughs> is that terrifying? You're just going about your day, you think you're like all righteous and, hey, I've done some pretty good things today. And then you see somebody who's like a low life and you're like, I'm so much better than them. And then Jesus is like, false. Jesus says, Um, Simon. I have something to say to you. Now, don't you wonder what in the world was Simon's first response? (laughs) He's just been thinking all of these mean things about this woman that Jesus is allowing to touch his feet and kiss him and put perfume on him. Simon, either Simon was like panicked because he's like, "Uh uh-oh, he is a prophet. He does know my thoughts. Or Simon's thinking, yes. Like we're peers, like, go ahead, teacher. I don't know. I don't know what his intention was, but Jesus calls him out. And he says, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. And then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces to the other. This is actually denarius. This 500 is like, it's so it's like one per day. So you get a wage of one denarius per day. So this was like a year and a half's wages. So think about how much money you make right now. Imagine a year and a half's wages was forgiven, completely wiped out versus the other guy who is forgiven 50, which is about a month and a half, which is still pretty generous, right? And and Jesus calls that and he says it was really generous. But you think about this. If somebody were to forgive you, let's say you make $50,000 a year, and then a year and a half, so you make $75,000, this guy just writes off a $75,000 debt, you'd be pretty grateful, wouldn't you? Would you ever forget that in your whole life? Would you ever just kind of go, oh, yeah. yeah, the guy forgave me $75,000? You'd be pretty stoked, Right? So who would love more, the guy who's forgiven a year and a half's wages or the guy who's forgiven a month and a half? Yeah, and so Jesus is saying, basically Simon is inferring by his judgment that he doesn't really need forgiveness because he's done all these good things, right? He's read the book of the law, and he's kept the, the law, and he's this religious leader, but that woman, is immoral. So basically, he's elevating himself above her, thinking he he doesn't have to be forgiven, and that's why Jesus points this out. He's saying a man loaned money five hundred pieces of silver to one, fifty to the other. Neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. And Simon's like, I I guess I guess yeah, the guy who was forgiven a lot more would probably be probably a lot more grateful right? Logical. Okay. Jesus says, that's right. And then he turned to the woman, this woman who's been weeping with gratitude, grateful, pouring out her tears, pouring out this expensive perfume. And Jesus says, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet but she's washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. And you neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she's anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins... There, there, though there are many have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love, but a person who's forgiven little shows only a little love. Isn't this true of us? Isn't this true of us when we have a good day and we think we're doing pretty well, thinking, oh, I don't really need to be forgiven? but the reality of it is the one who shows the great love is the one who's been forgiven much. And I think sometimes we're deluded into thinking we don't really need to be forgiven much. So let me ask you this. When is the last time you wept at the feet of Jesus with gratitude for how much he's forgiven you? When is the last time you poured out your heart to him knowing that you have been so deeply forgiven that you can never pay him back? You know, a lot of times we, we, we count our good works as though that was, was anything to put our hope in but our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in his grace. Our hope is in the forgiveness that he poured out when he went to the cross for our sins. That is where our gratitude comes. And do we do this? Do we recognize how how much we need a savior? Or do we think we're pretty good people? Which one are you? Do you, do you are you more like Simon? You think, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. I don't, I mean, I've done a few things wrong, but Or are you like this immoral woman and you realize how indebted you are to Jesus? You know, I think when I first became a Christian, I was probably more like her. You know, I like, I was so grateful that God had forgiven me so much. And someday I will tell you the unedited version of my testimony, but not today. But I was so, so grateful. And then I think I started to learn a few things and I thought I knew something and then I started to become obsessed with the sins of other people. You know what I mean? I became like Simon. And my focus wasn't on my own sin nature. My, my focus wasn't on the things I did wrong. It was on what other people were doing wrong. Anybody else like that? Not today, but in the past. <laughs> but, yeah, it's easy to, it's easy to go there. You start to grow a little in the Lord, and you think, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better than I used to be, which is all relative, of course. But we start to think that we're all right, don't we? But it's those other people. Like, okay, let's just be honest. Ex-smokers are the worst, right? We are the worst. I used to be a f- smoker. And I would judge other people when they smoked after I quit. <laughs> don't we do that? Isn't that who we are? We all have a little bit of inner Simon, don't we? And if you don't think you do, you're the worst. <laughs> I'm not judging you. I'm just calling it like it is. <laughs> but we all do. And, and the point that Jesus is making here is recognize, recognize how much you've been forgiven. Even the intentions and the thoughts of your heart are judged. And Jesus is saying, don't ever think that you're so much better than someone else that you don't really need forgiveness like they do. I think the more that I know Jesus, and the class that I'm in right now, we're learning about the leadership ethics in the Old Testament. I'm learning so much about the compassion of our God, the compassion of Yahweh, how He is so motivated by compassion and grace. Compassion in the Old Testament and grace in the New Testament. And that's what he's asking us to to understand about him. He is for you. He wants to be with you. He's made a promise that he'll never leave you. And he's also made the promise that he will pour out his grace on you. But the first and most important thing is to understand how much we need his grace. Not to condemn ourselves. And the thing is, you know, even Simon here, he's like putting a label on this woman. He's like, she's a sinner. And how much do we do that? Right? Oh, that guy's a gossip. Or, oh, that guy's greedy. Or she's an adulteress. Or he's a fill in the blank. Don't we? Do we? And the more that I grow in Christ, the more my focus is back on, wow, I need him. I need him so much. And the less my focus is on the sins of other people, and the more grace that I'm able to extend. Whoever is forgiven much loves much. Have you been forgiven much? Have you? And you can love much. And I just want to read this to you. It's like, Jesus says, I tell you, her sins have been forgiven. She's shown me much love. But a person who's forgiven little shows only a little love. So if you don't think that you've been forgiven much, you don't think you've done anything too bad, you probably won't show much love. It says, and Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. I just want to say this to you right now, by the Spirit of the Lord, your sins are forgiven. Whatever that thing is you can't forgive yourself for, or whatever that sin is that you've done that you regret, you are forgiven. The men at the table... They said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Because they knew that only God alone could forgive sins. So Jesus is showing them he is God. He is Messiah. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is a God of forgiveness and compassion and mercy and grace And Jesus said to the woman, and this is what he says to you, your faith has saved you. What does this mean, your faith? It means the faith to receive the grace of God. The faith to believe that you don't have to pay this price to get God to forgive you. You don't have to have this long period of time between when you sin and when you actually receive his grace. You can receive it right now. You can be forgiven right now. And instead of thinking you have to do all these mental gymnastics and you have to do all these good works and everything, your faith has saved you. You receive his grace. You receive his forgiveness by faith. And in that, you can go in peace. Now, this isn't the peace like shalom. This is the peace like salvation, like security, like your name is written in heaven. Yeah? Yeah? Your name is written in heaven. If you have received, like we did communion today, if you have received the sacrifice that Jesus offered for you on the cross, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Amen? Your faith can help you to accept the grace, to accept that forgiveness. If you have never received this forgiveness, I wanna just say, we're gonna have a prayer at the end and I wanna pray with you to receive Jesus and to receive that forgiveness so you can go in peace. If you're not sure, you don't know if you have ever been forgiven, you don't know for sure that all of your sins are forgiven, today is the day we can pray with you and you can go in peace. So could you stand with me now? How many of you identify with the woman who's so grateful? So grateful. How many of you struggle a little bit with the inner Simon? We're going to pray against that bad guy. Who knows? I don't know if Simon may have come to Christ. His name means one who hears. He hears. So he heard Jesus. So maybe Simon ended up receiving Jesus's forgiveness. But we're going to just come before the Lord. Well, Lord, we just open our arms to you and our hearts to you and our minds to you and our souls to you. And we thank you and we bless you that you have spoken that when we believe, when we have faith, Lord, our sins are forgiven and that we can go in peace. We're so grateful, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord. Our sins, though they are many, have been forgiven. Lord, our sins have been washed away by your blood on the cross as you lived a perfect, sinless life, and yet you were sacrificed for us. That is true and life-transforming love, and we're so grateful. And we bless you, and we thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Help us not to ever underestimate what you went through so that we could be free. And we thank you that we can we can just pour out our love on you, that we can give you everything, Lord. We can give you our time. We can serve you, Lord. We can give you our talent, our gifts, Lord. We can give you our money, Lord. We can give you everything that we have, everything that we are, so that we can go in peace. Lord, this world is not our home. We look forward to your coming. And we pray for the world, Lord. There are wars and rumors of wars, Lord. There's there's the 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 war in Ukraine right now, God, we pray for the believers there. And we also pray for the Russian people, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, pour out your spirit. Lord, I just remember seeing that Russian missionary from Foursquare, God, crying out for the people of Russia. Lord, and we know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us, God, to overcome all of the enemy's schemes as we receive your forgiveness by faith and go in peace. And Lord, we just come before you too. And for those of you who responded and said you have a little bit of the inner Simon, a little bit of a critic, Jesus, we ask that you'd set us free, Lord. We we thank you, God, you know our thoughts. Lord, even if we don't say things out loud, Lord, you understand, you know our hearts. And Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness even there. Lord, our tendency is to judge others. Our tendency is to put other people down and assume that we're probably a little better than them. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for that. Help us to be like that woman who is so focused on you and so focused on the forgiveness that you offer that we can be free. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have never receive the forgiveness of Jesus, I just want to ask you to raise your hand right now. If you want to be born again, you want to be filled with the spirit of God. You want to be forgiven and you want to go in peace. Just, I ask you just to raise your hand. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, Lord, thank you. God, we bless you. We thank you that the angels are rejoicing in heaven. And I pray that each one of these people today hearing my voice would be blessed and they would go in peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for being here. We will see you next week. Take somebody to brunch.